everyone. This is episode 747 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for the week of Friday, November 20th, 2020. I am your host, Mark Krishnez, and today I've got a grand old country buffet of games to talk about. Whatever your tastes are, I've probably got something that will make your tummy feel yummy. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. I don't care, but I've got a whole hell of a lot of games to talk about. I don't have any news or more impressions of the systems. I haven't touched my PlayStation 5 since the last episode, which is quite fitting of me given my relationship with PlayStation. But I really do want to get back to it because I really enjoyed what time I did put into Astrobot, And I want to, when things have settled down a bit, I want to get back to both The Last of Us Part 2 and Ghost of Tsushima. And by hey, get back to, I mean I want to start The Last of Us Part 2 and actually, I, I played maybe an hour if that of Tsushima. So in real terms, I just want to start that too because I'm not going to just, oh, I, I already started that game. I'm just going to start it over from the beginning. But what I have to talk about today in terms of what I've been playing and all that jazz, I have Exit the Gungeon, Steampunk Tower 2, BFF or Die, Unturned, The Survivalist, Visage, Esports Live Tycoon, Let's Sing 2021, House Flipper VR, and Bus Drive Simulator. So if there's not a game there that's for you, then you just don't like games because there's just a bunch of random shit here. There's a what? A bus driving simulator, a gungeon exiting simulator, a flipping houses simulator, a tycoons of life's of esportsing simulators, a singing simulator, a survival simulator, a turning on simulators. What am I going on about this stupid shit? Anywho, I think I will start with Exit the Gungeon. So. Exit the Gungeon, I believe, was initially an Apple Arcade game, and then it made its way, I don't know if it made its way to Switch, and now it's on all the consoles, but I have been playing it on Xbox One, it just came out, well, everything now that is on Xbox One, I'm playing on the Series X, and I am playing all this stuff off of the hard drive, the the internal hard drive, so... If I ever mention anything about load speeds now in the future, it'll be related to that. So, yeah. But it's not a game you have to worry about with the load times or anything like that. I would assume even on the regular consoles with your old mechanical hard drives. But Exit the Gungeon is the sequel to Enter the Gungeon, a game I played very little of, but I enjoyed what time I did play with it and would like to go back to it at some point. It could be fun to do that for Attack the Backlog and then play more of X of the Gungeon as a two-parter. Not two episodes, but just to combine them into one episode together. But the way X of the Gungeon works is that you are trying to, as you might suspect, exit the Gungeon. And the way you're doing this is by going up this elevator, I guess? And it it goes in waves, levels, where you are on this type of elevator thing, this elevating platform that's usually a few layers, and you can jump between the different platforms. And 
enemies will be coming at you from all directions and you have to shoot them and destroy them before they hurt you. And there will be a lot of things going on on screen, so many bullets, uh, but it's not too bad because when you're jumping or rolling or anything like that, moving, not not just moving, but if you're, if you're jumping or, or dodging or air dodging, you are invulnerable to all projectiles. So it is key to constantly be moving and specifically be dodging as much as you can whenever you can. It's pretty good control-wise because, one, you can remap the controls as you prefer. The default for dodge rolling is, I think, A and... No, A is jump, but I think it's B and the left bumper for dodge rolling, and I just changed the left bumper to the left trigger, and I found that feels a lot better than using the the face button to dodge roll, and that made everything work much better. But like one of the big things about Enter the Gungeon and Exit the Gungeon is the vast array of weapons and how varied they are and how kooky and just unique they are. It's a very different take on having a bunch of weapons compared to something like Borderlands, which is like, hey, we've got a million guns, but they're all pretty much the same with slight differences. Like this one might shoot electricity bullets, but it's all the same shit. The guns in Exit the Gungeon are all over the place. And some are very creative. My favorite gun is probably the, I forget what it's called, but it's like a harpsichord looking thing that shoots out arrows, I believe. And every time you fire, it plays a musical note. And it just has this wonderful music sound effect that accompanies it because you're playing music to fire the magical arrows or whatever the hell they are but you will i think there are settings in the game that you can adjust so that you aren't getting new weapons all the time or that you have to manually change between them but on the default whenever i don't i think it just happens every third like it feels like it happens every 30 seconds or so you are getting a brand new gun and it keeps the experience fresh and exciting because you don't know what's going to come next as you play more and more you will unlock new weapons that you will add to your potential arsenal so uh, exit the gungeon is a rogue like i guess you'd call it a rogue like because i don't think you get any permanent upgrades it's in the vein of games where you unlock the chance to find something in a playthrough, but I don't think, I don't remember there being anything that's permanent. Like you always start off with additional health or this or that. So I, I would more so call it a rogue like in that sense. But it looks great, sounds great, and it's it's really fun. Uh, you will, in between levels be able to go to this one area where you'll have a few challenge maps you can do that'll give you maybe a special item or just allow you to pick up additional currency that you can use at the shop to buy health for yourself or some special items and it's just a good time you'll find new characters who will then add things to your base of operations before you start a run uh, in the early going ons and yeah it's just 
it's a really fun pick up and play game. Uh, and yeah, I really like it. You don't have to have played Enter the Gungeon to get any enjoyment out of it either, because it's it's a different type of play. And yeah, just it's a, it's a good time. I I I've enjoyed the time I've spent with it. And then Steampunk Tower Two is a tower defense game where you have you know as as opposed to it being on a landscape or whatever uh, like an over the top view and you're placing towers along a pathway so that the enemies that are following this path will be taken out by your towers you have a singular tower and then the enemies are coming from the left and right direction and you place your towers on or you place your turrets on these various tower levels at the beginning of a level you can't adjust them you can't add ones or upgrade them in matches you do that outside of the game all you can do is move them to an open space or move them in the middle when they need to reload their ammunition because when you move a a turret into the middle of your tower it'll reload faster but you just take on waves waves of enemies that are coming from both sides and that's it in terms of the gameplay as the turrets do more and more damage. They'll build up a special attack, which is really powerful uh, and and useful for certain enemies. Um, but a lot of the game, in addition to just being in the moment of the, the action, is, is dealing with your base and upgrading stuff, which is nice and almost like it, it comes across as very free to play esque with some timers there is one part of your base that you can get money from every like five or ten minutes somewhere in that range which is a very free-to-play type of thing but i don't i don't say that to make it sound like there are a lot of free-to-play mechanics in it there aren't but at your base you will be able to upgrade your various turrets buy more turrets upgrade your tower so that you can place more turrets at the beginning of the game your turret is only your tower <laughs> tower and turrets going to drive me crazy your tower is only capable of holding two turrets per side so you have two levels but as you progress and pretty early on you'll be able to gain an additional level and so on so that you'll be able to have more turrets on each side and then you can upgrade them by taking the scrap metal you get from completing levels and then funneling that into the various turrets so that you can give them like armor piercing ammunition or make them shoot a little bit faster um yeah there are things for you to like research and there's a there's a decent amount to do outside of the game or outside of the the levels, the matches, the actual tower defense bits, which I enjoy. I, I like base building and upgrading stuff. Like I like I like all that stuff. And there's quite a bit in there which I appreciate. And yeah, that's that's pretty much all there is to it. It's it's pretty simple and straightforward when you initially start playing it. It, it will be maybe a bit overwhelming because the rolling tutorial lasts quite a while as it has you playing a level then showing you this new area of your base that you purchased with the stuff you got from your last match 
and then you go into another level and you complete it and then you do this thing as your base and unlock this new area and then you keep doing this back and forth for maybe an hour so there's there's quite a bit going on there that will take your time initially but once everything starts rolling and you get into the groove of things and everything is unlocked and you're just free to grind if you want or just progress with the campaign it's a it's a really good time it's a it's another great pick up and play game that you can just play a a, a match or two of so yeah another good game there then bff or die is a cooperative game that is interesting you can play it by yourself or with up to three other people there is a campaign i don't i can't remember if there's any other mode in the game actually now that i think about it but the the campaign is broken up into 30 levels and there are 30 levels i don't know if they're different because i was unable to try it out with other people but there are 30 levels per number of players so there's 30 levels that are specific to playing by yourself 30 levels that are specific to playing with two people 30 levels that are specific to playing with three people and of course the same with four players and the way it works is that one you can play the game with other people and use two controllers and and have two people controlling characters with one controller so you can you can have it work that way because when you're playing by yourself you are controlling two characters at the same time but one of the characters is an active character in the maze-like areas where you're trying to collect all these little creatures and then come back to the other player and high five because that's how you complete every level you like high five each other which is cute and the other character is in a more supportive role which could be anything from shining a light on areas so that you can actually see where you're going or moving this claw around to pick up the the character who is active or enemies who might be in the way and put them somewhere far away and you have to worry about both of their health like i got into a situation where i didn't realize that the supportive character could get attacked and killed by the enemies because i put my active player in a space where they couldn't reach him And I was like, fine, I'm safe. I can just take my time. And I wasn't paying attention and realizing that these mummies were then making their way to the supportive character because they couldn't get to me and they knew they couldn't get to me. So they just went for the other character. And I was like, oh no, what happened? I I felt bad there. But it's it's a pretty simple game. Uh, I, I, I enjoy it. I think it would make for a good cooperative game. I just don't know if it's a game that once you've played it and f- and finished the 30 levels you have real any any real reason to return to it it doesn't feel like it's a a replayable game it, it it's something that I think you'd probably play in a session or two and then you'd be done with it which isn't bad I'm, I'm not sure how much it costs but what I did play, and, and and as a single player experience, I thought it was pretty solid too. It it wasn't finicky dealing with these because it's it's never asking you 
not always. Like sometimes there'll be situations where you want to control both at the same time. And the, the one weird thing about that, which may, I don't know if this is intentional or not, it sure seemed like when I was manipulating both characters at the same time that the one in the supportive role, like for instance, when I was using the claw thing to try and grab my character, that moving the claw, when I was moving the other character at the same time, the claw moved significantly slower than it usually did, which made things more complicated and a little bit frustrating. But overall, it was a a decent experience. It's worth checking out if you're looking for a cooperative experience. I don't know why. I was like, cooperative? I was like, a question about cooperative? Unturned is a survival game, I guess. Uh, A sandbox survival Minecraft type of game that kind of has a Roblox aesthetic. And I don't like the way Roblox looks, but the, and I I don't know. I like, I played a fair amount of it and I just would throw myself into a world map and then I would, uh, so the, the, the worlds are full of zombies and you go around exploring, collecting resources, all that jazz, kill zombies, gain XP, and it's 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 fun, yeah. But it's it's just weird because it just I just feel like ultimately I didn't really get much out of it. I thought the the shooting was surprisingly solid for the type of game it is. I wasn't expecting that, and I think the way you get the most fun out of it is that they do allow you to turn on cheats, which don't affect anything. Uh, I don't believe. I don't think it affects your achievements or anything like that. But when you turn cheats on, you're able to access all the items and everything and just make them instantly spawn either on your person or in front of you. So any vehicle, I could not figure out how the fucking tank worked at all. And I was frustrated that in the description, I believe of the game or in like the Xbox wire post, it mentions that you can destroy almost any object, especially when you have vehicles and planes and all that jazz. And that was incorrect unless you can blow up things with the tank. You can't run through things. And yeah, I know that well, I, I wasn't going to get something like tear down in this game, but I was hoping for a little bit more destructibility. It seemed like these small poles I could run over, but then everything else I would just run into and immediately stop. But yeah, it's just, it's a game that doesn't really have anything particularly unique about it in a genre that is somewhat crowded. These Minecraft-ish survival types of games. I, I I don't even know if there was crafting in it because all it did was after my initial playthrough where the game was like, hey, go go sneak up on the zombie and take him out. And then I snuck up on the zombie and I hit it once and it was like, fucking, what are you doing? And then I had to punch it like 12 more times and lost almost all my health because sneaking up on him didn't do shit. And then I was like, fuck this. I'm just turning on the cheats and I'm just going to have fun with it. And I had fun. I'm, I'm not going to lie there. I had quite a bit of fun just dicking around in the game with cheats turned on. But 
in a way I think that kind of defeats the purpose. And it, yeah, it just it just doesn't have anything that really stands out that makes me say to y'all, you should really check this game out. Uh, it, it, I think it has online play, but it just it just doesn't have any particular aspect or, or, or feature that is like this this is unique to this game and something you need to experience just you got to check it out which is a bit of a bummer the survivalist is another survival game you know, that might surprise you i think it's from the same studio that did the escapist prison break games because it looks like that but just more polished and you end up shipwrecked on this island, can't remember anything, and you're just meant to survive. Uh, it has really nice pixel graphics, like, uh, again, the Escapist games. And it, the thing I really like about The Survivalist is that it's a pretty chill survival game. It's not too demanding. The only thing you really have to worry about is your health. You don't have a food meter, a thirst meter, a sleep meter, or anything like that. You have energy, which is just something that you use as you are doing actions like axing down a tree or stuff like that. But that is something that just replenishes immediately. It's just, you know, like a, a stamina bar in any action game or whatever, where you use it and it goes down, but then you just rest for a second or two and it'll refill. So in terms of the the personal kind of stuff you have to worry about there's very 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 little of it and i really like that you will a big a big part of the game is befriending monkeys who can help you in various ways but i find that to be a bit tedious because what you have to do is tell them hey hey monkey look at me right now and the actions i'm about to perform you're like hey Mimic what I'm a, I'm going to be doing. And then you do some stuff, and then you're like, okay, do that. And I find that that works every now and again. It, it seemed a little bit inconsistent, or at least the, the game wasn't clear on what I would have to do to get it to the monkey to do certain tasks. Like I wanted the monkey to cook a bunch of stuff for me, but I can't give the monkey... An inventory. The monkey can hold an object that it can use for certain tasks, but I can't give it all these berries and fruits and these various ingredients to create a smoothie or a kebab or stuff like that. And then, so I was like, how do I get it to do this? Do I just then drop all the ingredients on the ground around it and it'll figure it out on its own? And that didn't work. So the, the monkeys are nice, but it seems like they're limited in what they can do. But I, I could be missing something as well. But the the game is pretty... Well, it, well, it is pretty, but it, it's pretty simple and straightforward. Like It's very easy to get into, and it, and it doesn't hold your hand. It, it gets you going pretty early on. And I, like what I said at the 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 start is i just like how non cruel it is it's just it is a very 
inviting is not the right word, but I'm just going to say it anyway. It's, a, it's an inviting survival game. It's, it's not like, you know, stuff like the, the Long Dark or something that is constantly coming at you with all these things that you have to worry about. You don't have to worry about anything. Like, enemies will crop up every now and again, but you can take them out pretty easily. There are dungeons to explore, treasure chests to find. There are animals to collect. And, yeah, it's it's a fun, relaxing experience. The one issue I have with it is that it seems like a lot of the actions you have to do are just a little bit too tedious. Like, one step too complicated or too tedious. For instance... When crafting stuff, you have to craft things one at a time. So if you know that you're going to build this structure and you need 12 of this particular item, you have to go into your little crafting menu and then craft, like select what you want to craft and then craft it and then do that process again 11 more times. You can't just say, hey, I want to craft 12 of these. Let me just create a queue and then I'll just let go of the controller while my character is doing what they're doing. You have to, like, it just is a little bit tedious and stuff like that I wish was a bit more streamlined so that it was a, a bit more fluid of an experience. But other than that, I, I've really enjoyed my time with it. I do wish the monkeys were a bit more useful as well because they're just kind of there and... They don't, they don't get in the way, per se, but it's just, eh. Uh, the way crafting works is that you, initially, you have, like, one thing you can craft. And then as you craft it, like, there are, like, the, the crafting tree, uh, when you craft something, any branch directly connected to that item you crafted will then unlock. So it's, it's a very easy way to uh, figure out new recipes and uh what are they not directions not ingredients the little manuals whatever the the things to craft new things like you don't have to find blueprints like that's that's what the word i was looking for you don't have to find blueprints for objects or anything like that you unlock these things that may not even seem entirely related to what you've just crafted it's like whatever. It's like I crafted a few things and then I suddenly knew how to make a bow and arrow. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I really liked the survivalists. The time I've spent with it, it is a game I will probably be coming back to quite a bit. It's it's a, it's a good game to just leave on your console and play every now and again. And if you have a buddy, it's it's even better because you can play with a, uh, a friend and and then you'll be more than just. The, I mean, that's the survivalists. It's not just the survival list, it's the survival list, and you want to play it with a buddy. So yeah, that's a, another game that is, you know, a really quality pick-up-and-play type of game. Then Visage is a horror game inspired by PT, and I played 20 minutes of it, and I, and I was done. It, that doesn't mean it's a bad game, it's, it's very good. It is incredibly unsettling, it does a great job with atmosphere and audio and all that jazz, and it in those 20 minutes, it scared me enough that I just knew, yep, this is a game I will never finish. I would not finish it if I was in a room with some music blaring and someone next to me holding my hand. And it's just like, nope, nah, this is not, this is not my jam. But I think it's really well done. Uh, 
It's got a really disturbing intro, which I will tell you now, I don't think it's a spoiler because it's literally the opening cussing where you in a first person perspective shoot your wife, your two kids, and then yourself. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? It's 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 disturbing. And the things that you find, like you you will come across objects in the world, in the house, that will lead to certain story missions, essentially, that you can't escape until you've completed them, quote-unquote completed them. But yeah, it, it really does a great job. You, you have this sanity meter you have to be wary of or, or, or be conscious of, of, of when you are in the darkness. It'll constantly build up, and as it builds up, then paranormal things will start happening more frequently, and they could be any kind of random thing, like a light going out, a door closing, a TV turning on and off. Uh, you, you'll know that your sanity is starting to lose itself by uh, a, a image of a brain showing up clearly in the bottom left corner. And you will be able to return your sanity by taking some drugs like you do. But yeah, Visage is not for the faint of heart, so it's not for me. But if you are into horror games and you are a fan of PT and you want something PT-esque, like I did not play PT, but this is inspired by PT. I know that other people who have played it are like, yeah, this is a, a solid successor to that PT type of experience. Uh, it's definitely worth checking out. Uh, yeah, that is, again, Visage, a game I will never finish which is not surprising at all i I wish there was a safe mode or something so that i'd feel a bit more comfortable i just wish every horror game had a safe mode if it it made sense if there was some kind of narrative i've said this before and the game even says at the beginning this game is hard you better be good about resource management management if you want to succeed and i was already right after that little cautionary statement i was like fuck god this is gonna be a mess then esports life tycoon is where you are the manager of an esports team uh, a esports team that is specifically playing a legends uh, a league of legends type of game it's not all types of esports games it is specifically focused on a league of legends esports team but it's like league of heroes or whatever in the game and you have your team of five players which may be exactly what it's like on league of legends i don't know how many people play in league of legends but it's a pretty straightforward taiku game you have to worry about your your team's well-being there might be internal fights going on and then you'll have to be like hey come here let's have a meeting what do you need what's your problem and you can find out solutions to team conflicts by having one player punch a bag for an hour so like giving them some alone time some free time you can purchase things that will make them happier Uh, they might come at you with requests for stuff that'll improve their morale and overall feeling you can hire additional crew members like coaches and that jazz that will give you specific types of bonuses like xp bonuses per game or uh, less of a chance of players getting nervous when playing a game. And 
in between the games, you will have to do research and train and, and use your time wisely in order to make it so that your match will be easy to deal with. So initially, you're going to want to do some research on the opposing team and find out what they're doing and, and what their preparations are. And then when you find out, find out all that information, you will be able to decide what you want to do. Do you want to focus on tactics? Do you want to focus on training? You can also hype up. You can, I think it's just called like hyping it up or whatever, which as you build that up, you'll get more of a bonus when you win a match uh, money-wise. Um, but it's pretty straightforward, easy. You don't need to be in the esports to enjoy it. The one thing that I don't like, though, it's optional, is that when you do have a match with another team, you can just have it auto play out or you can play it out yourself. And that, I did it once because you have to in the tutorial. Did not like that. It works like I'm assuming League of Legends works where it's like, okay, you have these three lanes and you are constantly picking like, I want to focus on this lane and I want to push forward in this lane. And you have the, the three lanes and then you're defeating each of them a certain number of times so that the tower thing in the back is vulnerable and then you take that out and then you win. And that version of that type of MOBA experience is very, very simple. It is super simplified, but it's not enjoyable. And maybe it's enjoyable for people who like MOBA games, but like you're literally just saying like, okay, push this lane, push now push that lane. And that's all you're doing. And then you just sit there and I'm like, I'd rather just have this do everything on its own. But as far as tycoon games go, I like this one quite a bit compared to those that I've played in recent memory. So yeah, again, you don't need to be in the esports. I don't know jack shit about esports. You create your team, you create your avatar, you have little like cutscene things every now and again, like hey, this person Mark is, you know, starting this team. You're a, you're a former esports player yourself, and now you're managing a team for your, the very first time. And you start out at the bronze league or whatever, and you want to get to the pro league and win it all. And it's it's nice. I enjoy it. It's really simple, and like I think a lot of these games this week, it's just nice and easy to get into. Then I played some Let's Sing 2021, and this is my first time playing a Let's Sing game, but I am a big fan of singing. I've mentioned this on episodes in the past. When the last time I mentioned this, I don't know, but... I used to sing in a band for years and tried to make that a thing before giving up because I could never find bandmates who were as committed as I was. And when Rock Band and Guitar Hero full band games came out, I only did singing. I would sometimes play guitar and sing, but I was always primarily focused on singing. And it is one of my favorite things to do in the world. It might be my most favorite thing. If I could do anything in the world, it would be singing in a band. But uh, that's not the case, sadly, or maybe not so sadly for people who have to listen to me. But I was excited to finally check out a Let's Sing game. And I am not that fond of Let's Sing 2021 Part of it is that I just don't really like the song list. I don't I don't think the majority of songs are all that great. 
and that is in part because I don't really keep up with the hip pop music anymore. So a lot of these songs are ones I don't know, even if they're from bands or singers I've heard of and have maybe heard songs of theirs. They are songs that I just don't know. And therefore, it's it's something where I have to learn the song through multiple playthroughs before I can even feel comfortable singing it because I'm just like, the words are coming here. I don't really know the melody or anything like that. So it's just like a crapshoot. But there are some older songs like Hey Ho or whatever it is by the Luminaires and High Hopes by Panic at the Disco, which I think are both five plus years old. And one Disney song, which is not the best choice. I just can't wait to be king from The Lion King. And in that song and in Hey Ho, there is a big problem for me. And this may be something that is just the way karaoke works. But I don't remember this being the case in Rock Band or Guitar Hero. Or it could just be that I never did songs that had something like this. But what is frustrating in Hey Ho, for example, is that you have this backing track, this constant in-between verses, uh, a repetition of, hey, ho, that whole thing. And when you are singing this by yourself, you are asked to sing that right after singing a verse. So you are doing these two parts when in actuality, that is not how it's recorded, even if it is... I, like, I think it's the entire band singing those lines, but those are separate tracks. And when you are being asked to sing separate tracks together, combined, it does not feel natural. The flow, the rhythm is not there, and it just feels uncomfortable and makes it borderline impossible to get into the flow of the song. And if you choose to avoid those, like I was singing Hey Ho and just not singing those parts. But those really small little parts count as like their own separate, like they count as a longer section in a way. And, and that if you do skip them, it's like, ooh, ah, you, you kind of screwed up there. I'm going to have to break up your combo. And that is frustrating because that that way of singing that song in particular, for example, is just not fun. I don't enjoy that, and it ruins that song, a song that I do overall enjoy singing. It's a, it's a nice, mellow, chill, easy song to sing. And then with I Just Can't Wait to Be King from The Lion King, you are, and I understand this to an extent, but you are asked to sing not only Simba's part, but then the bird's part, whatever his name is, and the random group animals as they sing, which makes sense because I think if you were to break the song apart, Simba's probably singing half of it or maybe like 60%. So there's there would be a lot of downtime if you weren't doing those. But because those parts are so different, it again hurts the flow of it because Simba is singing, essentially. You know, it's it's the musical kind of singing, but then the bird is more talking and then the the group is fine too. They're, they're singing, but going back and forth between the bird and Simba is again unnatural. It, it, it is 
really uncomfortable to go from a more traditional singing voice to just this talking section and their tones are different like it's just it's a weird jump to do and i I don't like it i also i don't think it's the best disney song i think lion king in general is one of their weaker movies probably the weakest of that era and the weakest that is looked back upon fondly like i think beauty and the beast and aladdin just destroy the lion king uh, amongst others from different eras and whatnot like i don't really think of any song super fondly from the lion king but i'm assuming that there have been other songs in previous let's sing games and this may have been a thing or it may have been its own separate game but I have to assume if there hasn't, like it needs to be a thing that there was a let's sing or some singing game that was just Disney songs. But yeah, not overly fond of the track list. Uh, overall, I am not fond of the way they handle songs with this. That It could just be a general karaoke way of doing things. I'm just not familiar with that because I've never, I've never done that. I've, I've sung in bands, but never in karaoke. Uh, I don't know why I said it like that. But yeah, you have um, a like worldwide career mode or something, which I really don't like. And it asks you to do objectives, like get a certain number of stars during this. But it, it except for like the last song of every area which is like a boss thing against another ai character or whatever it just has you doing little like one minute snippets of songs i'm like i'm here to sing the whole thing and it throws you in the middle of them sometimes and it's just like here we're already starting singing we're not even going to give you any room to get prepared or anything so yeah not overly fond of a lot of let's sing 2021 the one thing i think is cool about it and nice is that You don't need a microphone in order to play it. You can just use a headset, if you have a headset, with a microphone, of course, or a cell phone, or I guess you could probably use a tablet, though that would probably be weird to hold. But it's nice that you aren't forced or required to use a microphone. Uh, Because I was looking for my microphones, and I'm like, I know I have multiple microphones, some that are USB powered and then a few wireless ones that I think I still have, or I may I may have thrown them away because I'm like, well, I'm never going to use these ever again. I'll just, these are, these are only good on the 360, whereas the, the USB powered ones are good on everything. So why am I going to keep these? So I think I got rid of those, which came with, was it lips? I don't know. They were nice wireless microphones, but... I couldn't find any of my USB microphones, so I was like, shit. And then I thought to myself, I'm pretty sure this game will allow me to use my headset or a cell phone or something, and, and that's nice in terms of it offering multiple options and being accessible in that way. Uh, and you can play you know, multiple people and all that, but it just doesn't have enough songs that I personally like. I think the vocal tracking in terms of your your tone and and all that is 
okay, but there seems it feels weird like there is somewhat of a delay in that it once it seems like it recognizes or or is picking up your voice prior to where the little indicator on screen is telling you to start singing these lines now that it wants you to actually in order to score the most points to start singing maybe a second or two before it actually hits there, which maybe that's like the way it works, but it, it feels weird. It feels like, well, shouldn't I start singing this line as soon as you start highlighting all that? But that's not how it works, which could be some latency thing. I don't know. But that that felt a, a bit off as well. So yeah, not overly fond of Let's Sing 2021, which is a bummer because like I said, I love singing and wish i could just sing my heart out i i enjoyed singing uh, high hopes i I had fun with that song and when i was ignoring the fact that i kept getting oopses every time i didn't do the haze and the hose on hey ho i enjoyed singing that as well the lion king song i i didn't care for i don't think that like there's so many better disney songs the best being of course of course, I want to be like you from The Jungle Book. That is just pure fact, and I will accept no arguments there. But yeah, that is Let's Sing 2021. Then the last two games I played are Bus Driver Simulator and House Flipper VR. House Flipper VR, I want to like more than I did. It's a little bit finicky in VR. It's silly to an extent, but then I was like, what, do I, what am I missing? I've been all over this house. I can't find any more trash. And then I just started picking up objects because you can pick up literally anything and just throwing it around, destroying this house. I was like, fuck this house. But yeah, it was at least more enjoyable than, I don't know if it's the same as that game in non-VR on Xbox One that I got because this one seems at least to have higher production values than that one. But I don't know. It could just be that with the VR goggles on, I'm not aware of the production values. But like, I, I just was like, what, what am I missing? Where is this trash that I can't seem to find? Why is it that some things I pick up with my little trash thing don't do anything to the trash? I don't know. And then Bus Driver Simulator is a bus driving simulator where you're a bus driver. And this is one of those games in the like creative category thing it's not a proper xbox game it is a pc xbox game that does not have achievements that's how you know it's not a quote-unquote proper xbox game and because of that you should expect less and when i say that what i mean is it looks like shit it looks terrible it looks like a game from i don't know 15 years ago the game that immediately comes to mind is Postal 2, which looked like shit and looks like shit now. Like it just really ugly. But in terms of gameplay, it's it's decent for what it is and what it's asking you to do, which is just be a bus driver. You you have to worry about everything. Your your gas, you, when you go to stops, that you arrive on time, that you don't leave too early that you obey the traffic laws so you can't run through red lights. Make sure you use your turn signals. And if you don't do any of this stuff, you'll be fined a certain amount of money for each infraction. 
But yeah, it's okay for what it is. If if you are somebody who's into simulator games like this, maybe it's worth checking out. But I feel like there are more polished, bigger budget versions of games like this. Like this is a very basic, bare bones, ugly to look at game. And that may be enough to turn people off. But uh, yeah, that is it in terms of what I've been playing. And that is also the end of the podcast. That will do it. Okay. That, that, was, that was a quite the buffet of games, right? Anywho, that will do it for this year episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Mark Kuznes. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com, where you can find this podcast, Attack the Backlog, and Unamazingly Baka, all of which are available on podcast services across the globe. You can also check out the art I make on the site. And if you see something you like, you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. As always, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy this here episode and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day and an absolutely lovely weekend. Bye! Bye!